welcome back dog central here on a tuesday afternoon slash early evening depending on which time zone you live in i am graham coffee uh you can follow me on twitter at dog out west this is my friend and co-host mr john smith you know him as john tweet sports uh we are here to break down a little georgia florida tape also do that with an eye peeking ahead towards this Tennessee game this weekend. Uh, you know, lots of, it's a big week, man. It's a big week. Like it's Tuesday. People are already talking trash. I mean, there's been, you know, we had to start the dog central hot take tracker because of all of the, the craziness that's being said out there starting on Sunday afternoon. So yeah, it's, it's quite a time in dog nation. Number one versus number two matchup, but uh, we did just see Georgia play Florida, you know, mm-hmm. not like a, <laughs> I don't know, not a minor thing, right? Like this is still an important game. It's still a significant rivalry. And we also learned a lot, I think, about Georgia in this game. We saw them do a lot of things they haven't done this year. So we don't want to just gloss over it, but we also know you guys are, are hungry for some some Georgia-Tennessee analysis. So we're going to kind of give you both here at the same time. Yeah, I'm excited. I think you're exactly right about the takes, too. I mean, you know, I expected Tennessee fans uh, to puff their chest out, right? Like, I expected you you beat Alabama, blew out Kentucky, like, you're you're playing well, you're in the top five, like, second year of a head coach. Like, I expected all that because we know who Tennessee fans are. I did not expect uh, the national sports media – to just absolutely overlook uh, five years of top four uh, recruiting classes, most of them top two or, or the number one recruiting recruiting class in the country, defending national champions, Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann, Todd Munkin, 43 points a game versus FBS. I didn't expect like the national media to just essentially fall as in love with Tennessee like they're just going to come in and, and roll Georgia. So. Uh, I'm excited to dive into this tape because I think um, there is a lot to be learned about this Georgia team, a lot to be talked about, uh, about Tennessee coming in. So um, we can go ahead and do it if you're ready. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think, uh, (laughs) I guess just to speak on what you were saying, like, yeah, yeah, I – Apparently now, if you beat Tennessee, you just beat everybody, even if you're a 31% blue chip ratio team and, you know, have played like one true road game this year against a opponent with a pulse. I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey, listen, LSU at 11 a.m. when the opening kickoff is muffed and you recover and you're, you have a 27-yard field to score – I mean, that's not exactly the recipe for a hostile environment. So take it. Here's a platter. Like, here's, here's the game. LSU, on the was not, LSU was not ready to play. Their fans were not ready. We're going to see what happens uh, in Athens this week. All right. Let's talk about Absolutely. Florida. Um, yeah. Going to change up our view here. We are missing producer Josh today, who is absolutely yes. fantastic at uh, the wizardry of this technology. But I'm going to try to make, make do for us. All right. Let's see. Nope, it's not it. Um, here we go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, we're all here. Yeah. All right. That'll work. All right. So first drive of the game. Uh, I thought this was impressive. You know, Georgia gets mm-hmm. an early penalty. It's first and twenty-five or something like that, and then all of a sudden, seven-yard run, quick, eighteen-yard mm-hmm. route, throw to Kyrus. Mm-hmm. Nice seeing Stetson get outside the pocket. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the non-casual Georgia fans know that he uh, has been a lot more comfortable on the move at certain mm-hmm. times in his career. It's a good way to get him into a groove early in a game. Um, this was this not throw. Great. Yeah, not great. Yeah, we'll go back. Um, there we go. Oh, bam. That's all right. Well, hang on. No, you're good. We're working on the controls. Yeah, here we go. So, so it's this one right here, this clip. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a theme in this game. And, you know, some throws that were too high over the middle and some throws that were behind the receiver over the middle. And, you know, you get a good kind of replay, all 22 mm-hmm. look there. But it's just not close. And yeah. 
it's it's not a route issue. There were some throws over the middle where the routes weren't great. That was not a route issue. And usually if you throw high and behind the receiver over the middle like that, you get it picked, and it almost mm-hmm. was. So yeah. um, this one, that was, that was a tough throw to, to try to slide in there too. Um, it is. Felt- and, you know, you don't really have anyone else open on the play. Right. Like, right. And it's, you yeah. know. And and it's not and it, honestly it's not it's not a bad th- I mean he threaded it in there, uh, but yeah. it just felt like the gunslinger mentality was very present with Stetson from the beginning of this game. Agreed. Um, yeah. Here you've got Georgia first defensive series. A lot was made of this play, where Bullard comes in and you know first of all look at all this pressure. Second mm-hmm. of all, way too much was made of Bullard hitting Richardson here. Like he is in bounce and he hits him in the hip that's perfect technique there's nothing dirty about that play richardson landed oddly but it was not the hit that did that it was how he stepped out of bounds on his left side so i don't know um but yeah i mean like this is a theme through the day like third and six right here this is one of the shortest third down attempts that florida had in this entire game they averaged Mm -hmm. 10.1 yards to go on third downs Mm -hmm. against georgia on saturday and you know, I think that's very important kind of looking ahead to this Tennessee game. You know, Florida, very run-heavy team on early downs. Contra kind of, I think, perception Tennessee is as well. Jordan, really good job of not giving up those easy four or five-yard kind of shotgun uh, run plays, halfback ISO plays, and it paid off for him. This is a beautiful throw by Sisson. I thought this was his best throw yeah. of the day right here. Um you got Bowers on the corner route, working back across the field. I guess it wasn't a corner route. It was kind of like a, a long crosser. Um, yeah. But, yeah. High well, that's where, ball. Yeah, that's where you want the ball when you have a six-foot-four tight end who has some leverage. Really Absolutely. And you come right back to him here and easy first down. And I think – you know, you're going to see a lot of these – like, one thing that was different in this game was the playbook opened up considerably. That was a bad play. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, you get into third and one. And, mm-hmm. dude, the right side of the offensive line was fantastic all day. Very, very line. good. Yeah, absolutely. McClendon, I mean, look at that. Darno. I mean – Mims did some good stuff over there. Ratledge played, I thought, a really, really – I thought he played his best game of his career on Saturday. But, I mean, the, the theme here for me on this drive is, like, I think you're five plays in here and you've got three targets to the tight ends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what you want to see. Um, as you kind of keep moving mm-hmm. down the field here, mm-hmm. red zone – has been a thing we've talked about a lot on the show this year. Um, You know, going back to that Missouri game and Georgia wasn't great in the red zone against Auburn either. I mean, they were fantastic in the red zone on this day. Uh, This is an awesome play call. I love seeing Dylan Bell get involved. You know, you've got your your guys out there lead blocking. And then Georgia was great in short yardage. I mean, they were like every kind of, you know, short yardage situation they stepped up to the plate, but. And this Dylan Bell route right here, you know, a more, if you're a more seasoned wide receiver, not not to diminish anything that Dylan did, but like you cut that up and that's a touchdown too. I mean, that's just a, a great play call on second and seven from the eleven. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Monken was really in his bag on Saturday, like very much. Georgia, so. you know, just the offense opened up considerably versus what we've mm-hmm. seen over most of the season to this point. Um, yeah, I mean, again, first down, gain of one. You get them in second and nine. You force a check down. Now you got them in third and 11. They get a penalty, false start. Now it's third and 16. And you get to bring Jalen Carter on the field and let him tee off. And, you know, <laughs> this kind of, you know, Florida did a good job of turning this play from nothing into something. One key to look at right there is that's 11, Jalen. Uh, Jalen Walker, Jalon yep. Walker. I'm not sure yep. if it's Jalen or Jalon, but either way, uh, I think he's going to be very important next Saturday with Nolan yeah. Smith out of the lineup. Um, okay. Looks like we skipped ahead a little bit here. Yeah. 
I, want, I try to go back a little bit for Jalan, but yeah, he's going to be re- really important um, this weekend for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, we'll talk more about the whole Nolan Smith issue later, but mm-hmm. it's just, he's key. But yeah, here we go, man. I mean, again, Bowers, like play action, get him moving across the formation on this little kind of just mm-hmm. flat route. Like those are easy yards. We yep. didn't see many screens in this game. Um, Stetson mm-hmm. Bennett's average depth of target on Saturday was huge. It was like it was like over 13 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. That was by far his longest of the year. His yeah, mm-hmm. 13 and a half yards on Saturday yep. was his average depth of target. It had been around seven, eight most of the season. Um, yep. And Dejan Edwards, dude. <laughs> like Nine running yards. through tackles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was truly what Dejan did was truly uh I mean, if you if you have any um concern about the run game, um let's skip way ahead. Watching him play on Saturday was huge. Oh. All right, yeah, I skipped way ahead. This is producer Josh would never let this happen. Um, Sorry. Right. Just let it roll. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, right side of the line there. This time mm-hmm. Mims is in with McClendon mm-hmm. at left tackle. And they're just, you know, Darnell again is just like they're just coming down and they're blocking down and they're sealing off Florida's mm-hmm. edge rushers and making things very easy for the running backs. I mean, that's one thing here is like how much improvement we've seen over this offensive line from this offensive line over the last month has been pretty insane. Dude, like Darnell, and, <laughs> no. that's so I mean, insane. He's just, yeah, he's just like it, it truly should not be allowed. Um, for no, and I mean, I, you know, I think like you hear, you know, you have here back to back tempo kind of touchdown drives where Georgia is flying down the field and the the big commonality is tight ends, right? Like you're, yep. you're thrown to your tight ends. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think these two, I think Washington and yeah, Washington had six targets in this game. Mm-hmm. Bowers had eight targets in this game. That's mm-hmm. 14 total. That's by far the most that they've had as a pair this year. It's by far mm-hmm. the most either of them is, have had as individuals. And when we talk about opening the playbook, like that's that's a big part of it, right? Is you know those guys are weapons, and now Georgia is in a spot to where they're going to just, I think, you know, really <laughs> unleash those guys and use them yeah. in some interesting ways that we maybe have not seen so far this year, but have all been waiting for. Yeah. Again, third and long, you know, yeah. you, you get back there and you, you put, you know, that there's Walker again, coming up the middle, yeah. puts a good hit on Richardson, you know, and I think, yeah. And I think that's something worth, you know, worth talking about, right. Is like the pressure that Georgia was able to put on, on Richardson. Like it was not insignificant. No, you know, People are talking about again. People talking about sacks, um, but Kirby Smart has already said this year that's not the game anymore, right? The game is right. the game is pressure and and disruptive chaos. Man, what a catch! That was that, that was such play. a good. That was just a play by the DB. I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to be an interception for Stetson, but that was not an interception for Stetson. He threw a good ball, and the DB no, it's just great made, ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I mean, look at that. That's a great ball. And the and the DB just made an absolute heck of a play. He did, yeah. And then you know the pressure thing you're talking about, yeah. Georgia had 34 pressures on Saturday. Mm-hmm. This is by yep. far the most they've had this year, by and far. it's because Florida is the first team that's actually tried to drop back and pass mm-hmm. on them. Great play, you know. Christopher Smith, one pass rush opportunity in this game. There was one. You know that that yep. that's basically a sack, guys, because it's yep. a, it's intentional grounding. Yeah. Now you got them in second and 23. Mm-hmm. It, like the other thing I would say is for Georgia coming off this game, trying to sack Hendon Hooker is going to feel easy. Like Georgia's had to play Bo Nix and Anthony Richardson this year as a defensive Correct. line. Like 
Those are well, the and, two and hardest Rob, quarterbacks to sack in college. And Robbie football. Ashford, which, like, again, yeah. you know, Robbie Ashford was just – he was doing nothing. But, I mean, he threw the ball away like 20-something times. Um, but they have played – they have played quarterbacks who uh, have this absolutely – such a perfect yeah. ball, man. Oh, That's a touch – like, I, I don't think yeah. – you know, the collision that was coming between Darnell and that safety. Yeah. Or I mean, look, defender number yeah. eight there in the open field. Yeah. It was going to be epic. But I, yeah. I think that's a – like, I think that's an 80-yard touchdown pass. Yeah. I mean, if you look behind him, there's absolutely no one there. You you have to break a tackle with that guy and then outrun everybody else, which Darnell, I believe, could absolutely have done that. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I thought Stetson on Saturday, like he started pressing at times, mm-hmm. but the, like, I do think, you know, he, there were things he should have done better and we're going to talk about them as they happen. Like, yeah. you know, I saw a lot of people be like, well, that's a, you know, this play to Bowers, like that's a bullshit play basically. Like, <laughs> well, dude, like the play before, you know, two, two plays before he throws a dime to a, his other yeah. tight end that, should, right. You know, it's like that was kind of the the luck and karma balancing out, in my opinion. But Correct. I do think, like, you know, McConkey has a drop coming up here later mm-hmm. in the half. Like, there, you know, Darnell had a couple drops. Blaylock, that's yeah. not a drop, but he gets the ball. Like, his receivers got to help him out a little bit because I I do think as a quarterback, when you're throwing perfect balls and mm-hmm. it's still not turning into big plays, like. Yeah, you have a tendency to press a little bit, and you have a tendency to to maybe like try and aim the ball too much. If you're like, I gotta, I gotta deliver every pass perfectly, or the, you know, we're not gonna complete them. So, yeah, I hope they can get in a nice groove this week, and just yeah, he feels confident in these guys going into Saturday, and those guys can make the plays they need to make. Yeah, I mean Stetson had, you know, he had three turnover worthy plays, had three big time throws, and had three or four drops, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's uh, in a high-powered offense where, you know, Georgia fans have been asking <laughs> to throw the ball 30 times a game. Like, you're yeah. going to have th- those types of games happen. The drops you just <laughs> can't have. Yeah, that was that, that was, was almost uh, yeah. bad. Yeah, and I mean, here you get more pressure. Oh, that's sorry. a sack against anybody else. Yeah. No, you're good. I mean, yeah, one thing yeah. I was to say is Chambliss 32 is in the game there. Like, yeah. this is after Nolan Smith has gone out. But, like, this is a play that Nolan Smith makes Absolutely. more, more you times gotta, than not. you got to make that play there. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I, a lot of Florida's offensive success in the second half of this game came off mm-hmm. picking on Chambliss. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I mean, you know, this – one thing I will say is Georgia busted some coverages in this game. Mm-hmm. And they can't do that against Tennessee. Yeah. There's almost a level of comfort. Yeah. This one right here, too, Graham. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. This is where they get washed inside, don't set the edge. Richardson, you know, it's the, it's, he makes a, fortunately, he makes a terrible decision to throw the ball, but, um, but he had a lot of grass there because those guys collapse and that, that's the kind of pressure that you have to be able to get. You got to be able to get them down, right? Yeah, you um, got to wrap up and tackle. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, you know, just hold on for dear life. Don't let them, you know, slide yeah. out of that pocket. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say about the busted coverages is just like Georgia's been so good about fixing things that have gone mm-hmm. wrong this year that mm-hmm. it almost felt like, man, like, you know, you still win by 22 and you get to make some of these mistakes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a gift a little bit. Yeah. Going into this Tennessee game, you know, I mean, like Missouri hit Georgia on those stretch zone run plays. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen anybody hit one of them since against UGA. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Georgia's going to bust another coverage this year. Don't get me wrong, but like, I, I do think, you know, there's this is the first team that Georgia's played since Oregon that has actually tried to drop back and throw the ball downfield instead of running quick game because they were afraid of yeah. Georgia's pressure. And, yeah. you know, the pressure. Georgia got pressure all day. It's just Anthony Richardson is impossible to sack. Uh, like if this defensive line <laughs> replicates this performance on Saturday, yeah, Georgia will win this game. I think like, that's an important the, point. Hinted Hooker hell. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I think you know. I will say this. I don't think. I mean, 
Hidden Hooker is a really, really good quarterback. I don't think that Georgia is um, afraid of Hinton Hooker's legs. Like, I don't think Hinton Hooker is yeah. not – he's not a physically imposing presence that's going to – you know, if you get pressure in there, he's he's going to go down. At the end of the day, he's not an Anthony Richardson who is uh, just – I mean, Anthony Richardson is just – he's built like a tank and, yeah. um, and, and has good feet. I mean – just a very different type of quarterback. By the way, this is a great play. I thought Billard played a really, really good game on yeah. Saturday. He was fantastic in coverage. Um, you know, we while we were talking, the, the long bomb from Richardson to Shorter over Ringo came. Yeah. At the time, I was a little frustrated with with Ringo leaving his feet, but like, dude, that was a perfect that was a good throw. throw. That was a heck yeah, of a throw. It's an incredible yeah. throw and. Since I promised you guys we'd talk about Tennessee, I mean, one thing to note is like, you know, Tennessee, uh, for all the talk, this is this is the McConkey drop that I yeah. thought that was really frustrating. I mean, but I mean, yeah, you, you've had like four drops here and basically yeah. a, a quarter of yeah. game time. Um, and you're still just <laughs> you're tearing for this ass. You're still going to go up 28 to three at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but the, the contested catch thing, I mean, yeah. Jalen Hyatt's had three contested catches all season. Yeah. Cedric yeah. Tillman, three contested catches all season. Point being, like, I have I have talked a lot about Ringo and, you know, his need to play the ball and all of that. But, like, the dude runs a 4-4 and he's six foot three. Like, he is going to be in position unless yeah. he just misses an assignment. Ballsy call by Kirby here, by the way. I, like, fourth and yeah. one. I loved uh, this fourth down call right here. Um, hated the third down. <laughs> you got to get that first down on third and one. But this, I love. Yeah, it's so good. You come out, you have a little kind of, you know, almost a sugar huddle. Come down. You you have disguised this like you were just going to try to do a hard count and draw them off sides. And then this beat right here, just waiting a second. Oh, it's so, it's, yeah. I think that's a thing of beauty. Like people just, you know. Obviously ballsy for Kirby to go for it there, but uh, the execution was just perfect. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's the, you know, you like seeing that killer instinct. Um, yeah. I don't know what Lab was doing here either. Um, that was – I don't either. Yeah, he cuts off the route. I don't know why you cut off a route on a, on a go route with a flea flicker like that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm – Lad's, you know, yeah. he's not in a great place right now. Let's just be mm -hmm. honest. Like, there's plays he's leaving a couple plays on the field every week, and it's not good. Dylan uh, denial on Morissette in the game right there. Twenty three was at the bottom of the screen. Interesting seeing him in, in that situation. But you know, Georgia still gets out to midfield here, and they end up punting this away. That you know. Stetson better off not throwing that one. Don't mm -hmm. get Brock Bowers killed. Please. Yeah. But, you know, third and 10. This, I thought that was a good ball from Bennett yeah. under pressure. You know, yeah. I mean, Rosemey, like, Rosemey made an incredible effort to try and make yeah. that play, but yeah. just didn't happen. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, when I hit the back button, it goes back a couple plays. So sorry about that. Sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. This I mean, this here's the play right here with with Rosemi. It's Stetson had some balls that you know I think obviously will show his incompletion. But between the drops and you know in, in this one, it's I mean that's a tough catch to make. But also the ball is put where it has to be. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean you know again. Georgia was really good at rallying to the ball on Saturday mm -hmm. in this game, and I mean yeah. you. Like you see this bunch formation up here with the screen, yeah. like like Tennessee yeah. runs a lot of these concepts is what I'm trying yeah. to drive at, and yeah. the ever since those leverage mistakes against Kent State, mm -hmm. UGA has been very very good, mm -hmm. you know, playing screens and, and fighting that stuff off. But yeah, all of a sudden now, you know, you get the ball back a minute to go, and this is a beautiful one minute drill by Georgia. Yeah. Like good good ball to Dylan Bell. Yeah. Gets the first down, gets out of bounds. Good. Like Stetson uncorked yeah. that too. I mean, Britton Cox, <laughs> Britton Cox was around when Stetson was on the scout team. I don't think he thought he could 
he could do that. Um, threw it right past him. Yeah, McConkey almost broke that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good play by Trey Dean mm-hmm. on him. And then a smart good decision. decision by, yeah, totally. Nice to see that. And, you know, I think that's what you want to see from Stetson is a couple throwaways mm-hmm. a half, honestly. Like, that's usually when you know Stetson is in the right mind frame mm-hmm. is when you see him just use his legs and flip the ball out of bounds. He didn't ever really take off and run on Saturday. And I yeah. think there were times maybe he could have. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing he didn't, but yeah, that, that still is well, a weapon. Well, and I, I think the difference is, right, I think when, you, when you're in this – I think Georgia, it was very clear that they could move the ball in Florida. It was very yes. clear that they uh, that getting yards was not going to be a strain for this team. And um, I think versus Tennessee, right? If you're, I don't think it'll be that much of a strain either. But I do think, um, I do think that's probably why Stetson didn't take take off. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. And then, yeah, you've got. Second and goal here, and we're just going to see Conkey. <laughs> you know, this is a nice nice concept by Monken. This is kind of a, similar to the Dylan Bell play yeah, it is. The first, on the first touchdown drive. It's just let those guys clear out yeah. for the underneath. And really, like, they probably could have blocked for him a little bit, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they were smart not to and not get an offensive pass interference call, especially when you're sitting on a couple timeouts. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then I mean, right here, this is the last two plays of the half for Florida, and they get nine of their thirteen first half rushing yards on on two <laughs> clock plays. Yeah. So third quarter, and I just thought Georgia came out disinterested. Like, Mondo, yeah. you know, you got to turn around, make that play. You know, just Georgia's getting kind of on the outside, moved around. Great coverage by Ringo here. Yeah. Like, if you go and look at what. Florida did against Georgia's first team DBs in this game. Yeah. The coverage was really, really good, man. I mean, like the most yards given up by anybody was Starks. He gave up 111, but 78 was on one play. Yeah. And then Ringo gave up 41. I mean, Bullard gave up 16. Mm -hmm. Chris Smith gave up five. Yeah. Mari Lassiter gave up zero. Like your starting secondary locked them down all day yeah um but you know this this hurt georgia i thought like third and nine yeah this was you just kind of you gotta stop them yeah Yeah. you turn this into a fourth and four and then which (laughs) gives them the gusto to go for it yeah i mean here if you make this tackle right so you got it robert beal you got to make that tackle bear alexander has a chance to but you make that tackle and then it's you know it's it's fourth and nine versus fourth and four they go for it here. You get the whistle, you know, yep, or whatever happened. Uh, I guess we didn't have that clip, but yeah, the Bear Alexander on Josh and cuts four. all the penalties out, but yeah, oh, it was right, a late yeah. hit. The un, the unnecessary roughness, which um, again, you you take that out, and then you're in a situation where you've stopped another drive to start the third quarter, yeah. and maybe that maybe it's a different game, right? But but I mean, right. And the way that Georgia just rallied to the ball in the first half, yeah. like they didn't they do it didn't here. Yeah. And, you know, in the first half, it was often two guys that were tackling Richardson, but the the guy that got there first was wrapping up and, and holding on and, you know, waiting for that help. Yeah, That's one where, you know, I, th- I thought Starks struggled in this game, particularly in coverage. He looked confused that, at times. Yeah. You also um, – I'm. I'm not going to try to go back to that, but if you um, actually will, um, you also saw here where on this this play where you see Ringo and who um, Bullard just are, run into sorry, each other. Yeah, just but they're just running into each other, just playing patty cake too. So that was just not good coverage in general. No, and I mean this yeah. is one of those things. Like, this is exactly what Tennessee is going to try and do to Georgia this exactly, weekend: is yeah. go fast and mm-hmm. get these guys confused and scramble and pre-snap. Mm-hmm. So it's. This is, you know, like this game really did bring Georgia, I think, like mm-hmm. kind of they got to challenge some of the things they needed to. This play yeah. is just something that can happen, right? Like, yeah, just, I hated these plays. The it, 
Yeah, the absolute. This this is where you were really missing uh, Nolan Smith. I mean, just the mm-hmm. on those two plays, there was no edge presence whatsoever. Um, right. Yeah, and I mean, right here. Yeah. Not. I mean, you've got your safety and your linebacker both leaning into the wrong gap, and then you fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of those that, you know, you, you can't – turnovers, you cannot predict turnovers. And and I think, you know, my money again on this week is Kenny McIntosh not fumbling the ball. Like that's – Sure. But, but again, you know, that goes into the game, right? People talk about Florida, you know, making this comeback. But in reality, I mean, at the end of the day here – you do get a good job holding them to a field goal. Yeah. You have a 23. Yeah. You have a 23 yard field and you hold them to a field goal. I mean, that's in your defense with that type of change of possession. I mean, that's, that's about as good as you can play. Yeah. Can you back up to that, that last third? Cause I mean, you, you, you know, we just talked about third and seven, they run off right and get a first down. And then here you got third and six and you've got Chaz Chambliss get totally washed out of the play by the left tackle number 76. I mean, that's where Nolan Smith right here in this hole, right? Like, that's where you set that edge and you force him to the outside and then you got Ringo and other guys out there to make a tackle, right? But you force him. And Ringo doesn't play this great either. Nope. But, like, Georgia, there's been people tweeting, like, oh, Nolan Smith had three of Georgia's ten sacks this year. That's not the point, dude. Freaking 15 Georgia players got a pressure on Saturday against Florida. Nolan Smith had one in the game. Yeah. Like yeah. Georgia will get pressure without him. Yeah. Where you miss him is setting edges. Hundred um, percent. Pressure is not is not going to be a problem. It is going to be those plays right there where you need to stop and who's going to be the physical presence on that edge. Um to allow those linebackers and other people behind you to actually make the play and, and get the stop. That's right. Yeah. There's Bullard again, man. He he oh I mean that was Chris Smith, sorry. Chris Smith played a phenomenal played game phenomenal. on Saturday. Yeah, phenomenal. But you know, right here, that, this drive that, was not that hurt. Yeah, yeah. This this entire drive was just not uh, wasn't Stetson's best work. Um, no, what I hated was you had you know on second down right here you get a thirteen yard run by Kenny McIntosh. Yeah, Kenny played really well yeah. after the fumble. And then on first down, you get uh, so this is the this is the thirteen yard run on first down. You get a fifteen yard run from Kenny McIntosh right here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I thought you know Georgia. This was the only part of the day where I thought, you know, maybe it was Monk and maybe it was Stetson, but you you get 13, 15 yard runs back to back, and then you come out here and you run. This little throw three times. Out, but yeah, you, and well, you throw the interception right here. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, which yeah. which again is just like look at Darnell Washington at the forty-five yeah. of yeah. Georgia. That's yeah. the part that hurts, man. Like yeah. you flip that to Darnell and put him in open space with fifteen yards I mean, to get to full speed yeah. before anyone sees yeah. him. Like, yeah, it definitely wasn't definitely wasn't a good decision. For a number of reasons, um, mostly because yeah, Darnell is just well. Out also, there. like Dejan Edwards is a running back, dude. Like, yeah, are you gonna yeah. like? He's not. You know, is he gonna make that catch between a yeah, you know, a corner and a safety, basically? Yeah, that's coming to kill him. But I also, I mean, I'll go back to my earlier point. Like I did, you know, I did question the uh, the call. Like you don't, you're not gonna go out there and just line it up and run, run, run. But when you get 13 yards, 15 yards, it's like sometimes that's the time for play action, but sometimes when you're up 28 to 13, maybe it's the time to just keep running it down their throat until they stop it. Right. Um, well, and to recap, right, like, you know, here you go. Yeah, they get four on first down. You put them in third and six, and you're about to six. you're about to give up a 78-yard a touchdown. But, like, Tennessee – I'm sorry, not Tennessee. Florida had one drive in this game. They had the, yeah. the really nice drive coming out of halftime that was right. aided by a fourth down yep. penalty by Barry oh. Alexander. Yep. 
And then that's, you know, don't get me wrong. They all count the same on the scoreboard, but like I would be a lot more concerned about Georgia. Yeah. If I watch back this tape Mm -hmm. and I see Florida driving down the field over and over on them, I mean, like Georgia's defense did not bring the same intensity to start the second half. And they found themselves again after that point, but well, and I think on this play, just to, you know, I think, it, yeah, this it was intensity, but also this is, you know, I mean, this is what Tennessee, I think, is going to try to exploit this this seventy eight yard touchdown is is Florida didn't do anything. Hold on, no, hold on, yeah, sorry. This, you're right; they, they didn't do anything special, but like, dude, Anthony Richardson absolutely rips that throw, dude. He does. Like, I, I'm going to say this, and I've been hard on Anthony Richardson. He has gotten mm-hmm. better, and there are plays yeah. that he made in this football game that Hinden Hooker yeah. cannot make. I mean, and everyone's yeah, going to freak out when I say that, but mm-hmm. Hinden Hooker is a system quarterback, and if you take away his first read or you get him off his spot, his completion yeah. percentage dips way, way below 50. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, Hooker's got a lot more help than Richardson does, but just saying, you know, I – Hey, Sparks isn't going to make that mistake twice. No, and and Hooker's not going to throw that ball on a rope thirty yards with a you know with a freshman safety out of position. um, That's right to just make a throw because I mean you saw you know I think you saw a lot of that in um, this is a a lot of that robust yeah it's very good yes that's an I I did think after you know again like this is what you want to see from the Georgia offense, you have a couple of drives, a couple of miscues where you have a fumble, you have an interception, you get the ball back and you're just going to go right down and leave no doubt. Yeah. Right? Six I mean, plays, yeah. Like 78 yeah. yards and mm-hmm. five of those are runs on the ground. Yeah. That, that Richardson touchdown throw to me was the moment, you know, you have those moments um, when one team is obviously better than the other and they hit a little, you know, speed bump and you have the moment where it's like, Oh, we actually have to keep playing. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll come play. Um, no. And I, I thought like in a way, like what I've been happy to see Georgia beat Florida 55 to three. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. No. Right. But no. like they are going to have moments like that, that mm-hmm. probably this week against Tennessee, yeah. like there's going to be a moment, you know, where, things are going back and forth and something doesn't go their way. Maybe there's a turnover. Maybe it's a bad call. I don't know, but having the ability when it feels like all the momentum is shifting one way mm-hmm. to not panic and just yeah. mash the gas and go and, yeah. and reassert dominance and kind of flip that switch is something very few football teams can do. And I also think like, if you kind of look at the dynamics of this game, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. I mean, like just Georgia, they did what they had to do in the first half, and they looked disinterested. And when they got interested again, they dominated. Now they've they've got to play sixty minutes, yeah, you know, against Tennessee. Like if they do this for a quarter against Tennessee, yeah. it's going to be a big problem. But, let, but let's also be clear, right? I mean, these are you know eighteen to well, in Stetson's case, I was going to say eighteen to twenty-two year old, but in Stetson's case, eighteen to thirty-four year old, yeah. But I mean, these are you know these are guys who, when you in any athletic competition, when you know you're better than the other team, and the other team is in a situation like Florida where they're unranked, they're four and three, half of their side of their stadium has left the building. Um, it is hard to keep that juice. I don't think you will you will have any problem with probably the number one ranked team in the college football playoff um, rankings after tonight coming into Athens and the sec east on the line and you know i i do think there was a lot to be said around the juice of that third quarter and i'm not a right i'm there's a there's a big difference um between the fake juice and like the real juice and i think georgia had real juice in the beginning and then lost it and had to find enough and when they found it and mashed the gas two touchdown drives left no doubt um and i think that's that's the intensity you'll see for 60 minutes versus Tennessee. Um, but, but, but I also, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, Georgia has been in, this would, this is their, this would have been their third game in a row, right. Where they jump out to these giant leads 
You beat Vanderbilt 55 to nothing. You beat Auburn 42 to 10. You're beating Florida 28 to 3 at halftime. Like, there is something to be said around that third quarter challenging them. I, I love it. I actually, to your point, I'm just glad it happened because I think there is, you know, beating Florida 55 to 3 and then going into Tennessee with, you know, you're looking at yeah, you 12, need a little 12 quarters in a row that you haven't been tested at all. So this throw right here, mm-hmm. I thought Rosemi kind of drifts. Like if he keeps mm-hmm. that route flat like he's supposed to, I think it's a pretty good throw from Bennett. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you and I see this the same way. Yeah. I think it's kind mm-hmm. of a blessing in disguise for Georgia. Uh, this fourth down play right here, like having a moment like this where you make that play is good practice for everybody. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, and shit, dude. I mean, like, what a play, man. Yeah, what a play. I mean, Stetson, up and down day, but mm-hmm. when it That's matters, he makes a throw, throw and Stetson yeah. remains a guy who, if, if you give him a free play, he will burn you for it. Like, he will. He, you know, he will take advantage yeah. of it. He, you know, and I think you saw Georgia on Saturday when it mattered, like mm-hmm. when, when big plays were happening, they put mm-hmm. their tight ends on the boundary. Yeah. And they can do that anytime they want. Like, there's no mm-hmm. rule that says they can only put darnell or brock out wide like five times a game like if they decide to go and do that 25 times on saturday it's gonna be a nightmare and this obviously everyone loved it right Britton cox a now former florida gator yeah this is uh, the going for a ride yep Mm. a little extra at the end yeah he slaps broderick jones yeah but Mm. You know, I thought that that right there was indicative of kind of this game, right? Like mm-hmm. when Georgia wanted to do it, they just kind of they just did, did it. it. You know, they will it and they make it happen, and there's not much you can do to to stop it. And I thought you know, there were some things, there were some breakdowns that happened on the back end in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. There were some moments of kind of disconnection between quarterback mm-hmm. and wide receiver, but they dominated this game from start to finish at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And when you do that in the SEC, you can turn the you can be minus three in the turnover column and win by 22, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and I think that they are they have a good shot mm-hmm. to dominate the line of scrimmage again this week. And we will yeah. get into it. We'll bring tape to the party. We'll bring all sorts of advanced mm-hmm. stats and numbers, but mm-hmm. they're how should I put this? Florida, the team that Georgia just played, has more blue chip recruits on it than Tennessee does. Correct. So, you know, when we're talking about sheer, like now Tennessee is, they they believe and they're playing really, really well and they're, you know, they're, they're having a really nice year. But mm-hmm. when Tennessee, like, comes to town, they are going to be very, very outmanned. And Florida looked outmanned, and they were outmanned, but we're talking about a, another level of being outmanned. And yeah. having good wide receivers and good perimeter play and all of that can can level the field. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things. Like, I'm not saying Georgia can't lose this game because they can. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if you are turning on the TV or Twitter or the radio and you're hearing people say, like, Tennessee is going to, you know, beat Georgia by 30. It's a foregone conclusion or Tennessee, you know, even if it's a foregone conclusion that Tennessee is winning this game. Yeah. Ask them why, like ask them for context or analysis, right? Because there's not, there's an assumption that's happening that, and you know, you referenced this to start the show, but like beating Alabama is great. It's awesome. It was a beautiful moment for Tennessee. One of the best football games of the year. One of the best football games we've seen in a long time. The orange fireworks and all that stuff. It was a really cool moment. It's a great college football game. That said, like Alabama as we know them now is not the Alabama that we've known for the last 15 years. I mean, let's cut to the chase. Alabama, 17 penalties for 130-something yards. Yeah. And they still had a chance to win the game with a field goal. Yeah. So, like, we beating Alabama, you know, that is a big monumental victory for Tennessee. You hadn't done it in 15 years. 
you know, Georgia, we have, we felt that, right? Like we felt that with, you know, the 0-7 stretch or whatever. Like I think everyone has felt that climbing that Alabama mountain. Texas A&M was Zach Calzada beat Alabama in the regular season last year. Like I think at the end of the day, there is some perspective to be had around Al- beating Alabama in Knoxville in a night game or after late afternoon game, whatever it was. Um where Alabama played very undisciplined, where they missed a field goal to win the game, like all that, that that's very different than going out and blowing out Alabama and bringing, you know, then bringing the party to, to Georgia. If Tennessee had gone out and beat Alabama by, you know, 17 or 21, then maybe we have a different conversation. But I looked at that game and, and really, you know, Alabama – put themselves in situations time after time where Tennessee could score. And then all Alabama did was go back down the field and score. Um, you know, I mean, even it, Tennessee, you had the, the um, it was tied at 42. Tennessee has the ball. Tennessee fumbles Alabama scoop and score. I mean, there was, there was just all kinds of things in that game. And I think I don't want to diminish that victory for Tennessee, but I also think that there is the, the national narrative around Tennessee no one is bringing up anymore 17 penalties for 130 something yards and Alabama still had a chance to win the game. I mean, you know, I think you have to keep that in perspective. The other thing that I'll add as well with Georgia, with Georgia and Tennessee is that um, Alabama. So DeMarco Helms, if you look starting with the Arkansas game, Arkansas must've saw something on film because they went after DeMarco Helms, the safety for Alabama. Um, DeMarco Helms was targeted like six times in his first four games. And then all of a sudden he was targeted like 12 times between Arkansas and Texas A&M and he didn't do well. And then Tennessee, all he did was turn around and exploit that and target DeMarco Helms all night long. And I'm not putting the, the Alabama game solely on DeMarco Helms, but I think like Georgia doesn't have that. When you look at the secondary play, you don't have a guy where it was clear that a coach, saw something on film somewhere and started going after him. And then the next, the next team built on that. And then the next team built on that. Like that's what Tennessee did with Alabama's safety in particular with, with Helms. Like it started at Arkansas, went to Texas A&M, went to Tennessee and Georgia just doesn't have a guy on, on the field like that. And I think that's um, there's a number of reasons that I think the narrative is broken. Um, But that that's two big ones right there. Yeah, I mean, Alabama in that game was playing – like, I did a piece a couple of years ago when I still wrote for Dog Sports, and I'll I'll copy it and move it over to Dog Central if you guys want to check it out. But it's on Georgia's mint front. And, you know, Kirby invented – you know, the, Kirby was a 3-4 guy forever, and he went to this kind of modified four-man front with a, a stand-up edge – because of games like the uh, the 2014 playoff game against Ohio State, where you know they were killing Alabama out of those stretch stretch runs from the shotgun, and uh, oh my God, Cardell Jones is yep. quarterback powering up the middle, and a lot of the same stuff that Tennessee's going to try and do to Georgia, right? Like shotgun spread, uh, create numbers advantages in the boxes, mm-hmm. get guys out leverage leaning the wrong way long story short like that changed how georgia recruited mm-hmm. its defense and it you know it, it put an emphasis on speed obviously but also on you know instead of having a safety that's going to come downhill at you know 245 pounds and thump everybody like i want a guy that is going to be able to cover slot receivers on the back end and be okay um Point being, like guys like Toto and mm-hmm. and Helms, and you know they're just they're a little bit dinosaurs against some of these bigger, faster, like spread offenses. Mm-hmm. Not bigger offenses, but the faster, more spread out offenses. Like they're yeah. almost too big. Like they're you know mm-hmm. they need to be playing one more level closer to the football than they are really, mm-hmm. um, and so. Georgia's 
recruited accordingly for what they're going to face on Saturday. Yeah. And we're we're going to get into it all. We'll have film, we and, you know, we'll talk matchups and all of that. But I guess point being like Vegas opening this line at nine is just, they're just begging you to take Tennessee plus nine. They just would love nothing more than for you to bet Tennessee plus nine. And that's not to say Tennessee won't cover. It's not to say Tennessee won't win. But, like, when Vegas puts a two-plus possession or, like, a two-possession or more line on a game, which is what they did, like, Mm -hmm. that equates to, like, roughly an 85% chance of Georgia winning this game in their mind. Not of covering, but, like, I guess point being, I just – I don't know, yeah. man. That shocked a lot of people. Yeah. We've talked about it for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. What, what's Georgia's, been inter- Georgia's just way more talented than Tennessee, damn it. And yeah. they just haven't yeah. – like, I'm sorry, but they have not been on the stage this year that Tennessee has been on. But I'll tell yeah. you this, the closest thing they faced to Tennessee's offense this year was Oregon's. Yeah. And, and Oregon's improved greatly, don't get me wrong. Like, if that game is played today, I don't think it's 46 points, but I think it's 25. Oregon, listen, Oregon, according to 24-7 sports, Oregon has the number seven team talent composite. Yeah. Georgia has the number two. Tennessee is somewhere around 20th, 19th. Yeah, Yeah, I think they're actually – I'm just pulling up. Oh, yeah, so they're 19th. So Tennessee is 19th. So, again, you know, at the end of the day, what Tennessee has done this year is is fantastic. I personally, you know, um, I, as much as I poke the hornet's nest on Twitter, uh, Tennessee being good is good for football. Like, I think Tennessee, like, Tennessee should be good. You should recruit well. You should have a top 20 uh, team talent composite. There, I don't think people understand the difference between – top 20 team talent composite and top 10 and Oregon was in the top, you know, 10. And then the difference between that and the top four, three, two, or one, like it's just at the end of the day, from a depth perspective, from a fast and physical perspective, um, it's, it's just a very different animal. And people will point again to Alabama and as they should. um, But I, my question is, to everyone that points to Tennessee beating Alabama is number one. Uh, tell me Tennessee's you know hostile environment that they have gone into and played a team with the talent that Georgia has, and number two, do you really think Georgia is going to commit seventeen penalties for one hundred and thirty something yards? I mean that's that's over a you <laughs> over a football field. You had. Autom- it's, basically two, it's basically two touchdown drives. Yeah, it's, it, it's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic. Yeah, you had personal. Uh, you had um, uh, pass interference penalties. Automatic first downs. Like these weren't like you know, false starts or 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 offsides. Right. I mean, they were legitimately drive changing penalties. And so I think that for me, you have to ask yourself: Will all those conditions exist again? And if they're not, then it's like, well, Georgia has the number two talent composite. <laughs> <laughs> flip it over there you go uh georgia has the 13 personnel um i mean it's just I, yeah yeah i i agree with everything you're saying i mean i think the big thing for me is like dude jalen carter's back you know and we talked about that a little bit in the beginning yep. of the film but like dude when you go play by play of him in that game on saturday dear God, man, like there's plays that he makes that he doesn't make point being like there's there's plays where he blows up a double team block against the run and forces, you know, the running back to to bounce outside into the the arms of a a Georgia linebacker who's waiting for him or whatever. But I thought before Jalen Carter returned that, you know, after seeing the Auburn game, it was like just the rarest commodity in, in, in all. NFL or college is interior lineman who can rush the passer and who can take over games. It's yep. why Jordan Davis was the 16th pick of the NFL draft, even though yep. he only plays 25 or 30 snaps a game. Yep. Uh, you know, when you talk about what Georgia did to Auburn without Jalen Carter, you saw like Auburn was the first team that really tried to drop back and, and do much of anything passing on Georgia. And you saw them disrupt that you yep. saw on Saturday against 
Florida, like Stackhouse has gotten really, really good. Um, you know, Carter is there. Bear Alexander flashes. Warren Brinson has become a more explosive player. Like a lot of these guys have come on and there's combos on that front that we haven't seen this year that I think Georgia has kind of been saving for a moment like this, but in all of this talk about Tennessee, it all inevitably keeps coming back to Jalen Hyatt scored five touchdowns against Alabama. Like look at what they do through the air on all of that. This offense is based around run. Like it, mm-hmm. the difference between Tennessee this year and last year is that they're getting three and four yards when they run the ball on first and second down and it's putting them in third and short situations. And it's, it's keeping them unpredictable. They're not seeing third and longs and, you know, they're not in spots where teams are teeing off and they know that Hendon hooker is definitely dropping back to pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying George going to put them in third and like they had, you know, Florida was third and 10.1 on average for third downs on Saturday yeah. on 16 third downs. Like, I don't think Georgia's doing that to them necessarily, but Tennessee ran these, you know, these halfback ISO plays over and over and over down Alabama's throat Mm -hmm. because Alabama doesn't have the dudes in the middle of the defense like they did, you know, when Quinnen Williams was around and and some of the the names that you know from those defenses Mm -hmm. over the years. And, like, those types of guys are are at Georgia right now. They're not at Alabama. And, and that's a huge difference that and, mm-hmm. and the inside linebacker play that we kind of already alluded to, but long story short, you go and look at the team that Tennessee played this year that has the best interior alignment and the best defensive line. And, and that, that was Pittsburgh, and yeah. Pittsburgh held them Fine. to 34 in overtime. I would Three. say if they don't, you know, two of their defensive tackles went down in that game. Yeah. If they don't, they might win. If they don't lose their quarterback, they also might win. But I know Tennessee's a different team now than they it, were then. But like, yeah, it is illustrative to what they're doing is not new. Baylor was yeah. running this offense a decade ago. There's no magic here. Like, it's, yeah, it's all you know. They have a game plan for it. Georgia has a game plan for it. It's not, you know, there's no sleight of hand here. Yeah, and what and what Pittsburgh did right is they got nineteen they got nineteen pressures. They sacked Hinton Hooker five times um, in the second half. Uh, they you know they held Tennessee to three points in the second half, and all of that was predicated on. In my, I think Tennessee had one uh, had one um, turnover, but otherwise, all of that was predicated by interior defensive line play. And so you do have to ask yourself right again where. <laughs> If you look where Georgia has recruited the best, it's on the defensive side of the ball. And then if you look where they've recruited the best, it's secondary and interior defensive line. I mean, Georgia's recruited really well at linebacker too. But at the end of the day, like there's there is not a place on that defense where you can say um, this week, like where is Tennessee going to attack that defense in the way that Tennessee has attacked other defenses now. I do think the edge is going to be something that we can talk about when we do our, our actual game preview. Cause I do think that there's some questions to be answered there, right? Like it's not going to be Chaz Chambliss. So who's it going to be? What are the adjustments that are going to be made? There is a, uh, I'll save it. I'll give you a little teaser, but last year, November the 4th, Georgia suspended Adam Anderson and had to make adjustments going up to Knoxville to play Tennessee. And Georgia did some things that I think are still going to be relevant this year uh, with the way they adjusted, the way they used interior linebackers on the edge. Like, I think you're going to see some stuff that uh, that we can talk about in the preview. But um, I'm excited to bust some of this narrative. Uh, come over to Dog Central and bust it with us this week. If you subscribe to the monthly subscription, you get seven days to try it out before we charge. And so you can check it out all the way through the Tennessee game, through the 12 takeaways, through all of the analysis, and then uh, decide if you want to keep it or not. And I think you'll, I think you'll join uh, uh, quite a a good, large growing uh, intelligent football community. I think you'll be excited about, about joining it. So come, come check us out on dog central. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, I just posted a couple early week thoughts last night and a couple pieces of, you know, intel that have been passed along. And like the amount of just 
really intelligent discourse and football talk that, you know, not by us, but by our community, you know, and the the amazing points and thoughts that folks are sharing this week. Like it's really fun and it's, you know, it's the type of community that I think I always looked for in the past, but it's like normally to find that content, you have to cut through so much white noise and, you know, people calling each other names or whatever. And, you know, I think, what we have is just like a lot of really good meat and potatoes, interesting yep. football conversation yep. with, you know, and, and it's not to say everyone has to agree because not everyone yeah. agrees, but you know, they, they disagree respectfully yeah. and they give reasons why they do. And that's a lot. Yeah. Of the, yeah. The only hot takes you're going to find are going to be the hot takes that we're tracking on our hot take tracker <laughs> on the, right. on the site. So pop on over to the news and notes section and you can see that for free without even being subscribed. Dog central hot take tracker is awesome. Uh, so come join us. Graham, we're in an hour. We're going to end this thing, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think we've said all there is to be said, uh, join us for our Tennessee film preview. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to broadcast that yet. We got to get producer Josh back here. But, uh, yeah, John, it was fun. Thanks for making that happen. I enjoyed it, man. We'll see you later. All right.